Chosen is our, our new series, and I'm excited because we're going to lead up to Easter. And I think a lot of us in this, in this life, we kind of go, what is, what is our, like, what, what am I chosen to do? Like, what does chosen mean? I see it in the Bible. What, what does it mean? And here's John chapter 15. We're going to be kind of studying the life of Jesus, um, what Jesus did when he was uh, on this earth, not just for 30 years, but for those three years. Uh, he, had a, he had a journey. He had a mission. Um, and I love in John chapter 15, this is going to be kind of our anchor verse for the next three weeks, and then we're going to jump into Easter. And how many of you are just believing for a harvest for Easter? It's going to be incredible. Uh, man, I want this Easter to be like unlike any other Easter we've ever had. Uh, I want to be able to see people get set free on Easter Sunday. I want to see individuals say, you know what, I've been chosen by God. Uh, man, I'm ready to make a difference. And so here's John 15. If you're in your Bibles, usually we use ESV uh, translation today. We're going to use the amplified version because your pastor is loud and I like things amplified. Uh, and here it is. It says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. This is Jesus. You have not chosen me, and they're like, well, we did, we're here. But I have chosen you, and I have appointed and placed and purposely planted you. I have purposely planted you. I grew up in church. I've always heard Jesus chose me. Yes! But then what do I do with that, with, with the choice that he made? What do I do after God chooses me? He says, I've chose you. I appointed you. I gave you an appointment. I gave you a responsibility. I gave you a job to do. And so he says, I placed you and I purposely planted you. I'm telling you, life is more than work. Life is more than just waking up. Life is more than just acquiring things. Life is so much more than that, that, that what culture in the world has appointed us. It says, so that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing that your fruit will remain and be lasting. When I leave this earth, I want my fruit to be remain and to make an impact. And so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, as my representative, he may give to you. This is what I command you, that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Father, thank you for this word. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our church. Lord, I see... I just see the, the path you've taken us for growing our faith to perhaps God, to even dunatos, we are strong and powerful in, in Jesus' might. Father, I thank you for boundaries that we are now, we're getting healthy. It's a daily uh, process for us. But Jesus, I thank you that since we're healthy, we're not going to isolate, but we're now going to influence others for your praise and your glory. And Father, I pray for the golden knights to win it all. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Amen and amen. Uh, I think uh, a lot of us, we like to be picked, right? We like to be picked. Um, even uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday I was at uh, the, the Golden Knights game. Uh, man, a wonderful uh, person in our church said, hey, I got, some, I got some tickets. Let's go to the Golden Knights game. So Levi and I went. Pastor Lindsay was in Pahrump ministering to ladies yesterday in Pahrump. Where my Pahrump people at, right? And, uh, and so she was in Pahrump ministering, did a phenomenal job. Jesus showed up at uh, Faith Fellowship in Pahrump. Levi and I, we were heathens, all right? We went to the Golden Knights game. And uh, at the Golden Knights game, uh, man, we, we walked up to the front, and all of a sudden, our good friend Jeff, he works there at the T-Mobile, he walked right up front and said, hey, 
Come on. He's in security. He picked us. He picked us, right? And, and all of a sudden, we got to kind of go through security and wand us and all these different things and walked us all the way to our seats. And you know what, Levi and I, we were like, I feel chosen, right? Like, totally set apart in this entire arena, in this entire stadium. I feel chosen. Then there was this thing on the screen, and it said, uh, uh, you know, text whatever to this number, and you could win $1,000. And so Levi's like, Dad, do it. And I'm like, what are you, a little hustler, you know? And, and so I texted. There you go. I texted the number. Maybe we'll win $1,000. And then, uh, you know, what, third quarter hits? Great game, by the way. 0-3, oh, and, and all of a sudden, Knights won, 4-5 and five in overtime. It was crazy. And that felt like church, you know what I mean? It was like I was high-fiving people I didn't know. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Like somebody wanted to hug me and I was like, hey. Right? I think church should be like that. Is that okay? If we go, go! High five people. Ah, right? Some of them had assistance. We have the Holy Ghost. Okay? Some of you get that later. It's fine. Welcome to Avenue Church. And, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the game, all of a sudden they go, uh, winners of the $1,000. And I'm not, I'm not even paying attention. I'm talking to, to Jonathan. And all of a sudden, Levi goes, damn! We won. And I went, what? And he went, we won. I go, win what? The thousand dollars. I was like, what? I look up and it said Tyler. I said, we didn't win. He goes, I know, I'm just messing with you. Can I tell you though, we like to be picked. It's a nice feeling to be set apart. I remember, what was it? In 2006, I moved to Las Vegas. When I moved to Las Vegas uh, to be a youth pastor, uh, I went to this great church, and, and in the church, there's this, there's this beautiful woman named Lindsay Mose. Lindsay. And, uh, and when I saw her, I said, I'll pick you, you know, like, like I choose you, you know. And, and, I, I, and I saw her, and I was like, that, I, want, I want to marry that, that, that woman. I want to thank you, Jesus. Like I felt like Adam found Eve, you know, like, whoa, man, you know. And, and can I tell you, she did not pick me. And so for eight months, I prayed about it. And can I tell you, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my BFF. I didn't tell my pastor. I didn't tell my neighbor. I didn't tell Facebook. I didn't tell anybody. I just prayed about it for eight months. Some of y'all need to wait longer than eight minutes. Hello. And so for eight months, I just prayed about it. Not hyper-spiritual, not weird about it. Just prayed. Just pray. God, is this the one? Is this what I want? You know, things like that. And, uh, and just prayed about it. My circumstances was a little different because I, I was a single youth pastor. And so I had major boundaries up. I didn't want to be that single youth pastor that, like, dated everybody, you know. And, and so I just prayed about it. Can I be real today? Is this all right? And, and so I prayed about it. And then I felt the green light to just ask her out. Like, I'm not asking her for hand in marriage, all right. I love you guys. But some of you need to calm the heck down, you know. Like, will you marry me? I don't even know you. You know, the Lord told me. God's got to tell me first. <laughs> and so I remember we're kind of working together. She worked at the church as well. And, and, uh, and also, we were like, you know, hey, can you help me on this project, youth camp or whatever it was? And she came to my office, and we're all professional, you know, and, and we're doing the thing. And then literally I was like, well, um, is there any events this weekend? Total church talk, right? Is there any events this weekend? And she was like, events? Uh, no, no events. Like, nothing going on, like, Friday night? <laughs> and she was like, no, nothing going on Friday night. Like, like no, no youth night, no young adults night. No, you know how church is sometimes, right? You're like, no worship night, 
is there something? Like, I'm, I was setting it up. And she was like, no, no. And I was like, well, would you like to have dinner with me? And when I said that, she goes, oh. <laughs> she covered her face. She covered her face. And when she covered her face, I went, like, what is this? Like, is this, I pick you? I don't pick you? Yes. And literally, I literally asked her, is this good news? Or should I quit and resign and move out of the state? Right? Major risk. And also she went, yes, I'll go to dinner with you. And like left, right? You walked out. And literally, like we went to dinner. And at dinner, I was like, I'm so sorry. Do you like me? You know, like I asked her that. Like, do you like me? You know, like, like a child, you know. Do you like me? She goes, I like you a lot, you know. And I was like, yes. Am I doing okay? I was like, yes. And I told the, remember I told the waitress? I was like, she likes me. Pazookies for the whole restaurant. Ice cream and water, you know. But can I tell you, it feels nice to be picked. Feels nice to be picked. Feels nice to be picked. I know we have a misspelled slide, right? Chosen. When Jesus said, I choose you, he means I purposely planted you. I purposely. See, somebody's making the slides. We need to fire the slide guy, okay? I purposely planted you. When Jesus said, I pick you, it means I've given you a purpose in your life. So if you're taking notes today, this is killing somebody. So we're going to go to the next slide, all right? You're like, if that bothered you, we need you on the team. <laughs> what? Yeah, we need you to become the sly person. We're having fun today, huh? And church, I want you to know, if this is your first time, Welcome. But we have literally gone six weeks of literally a soul makeover with boundaries, with boundaries. And now we say, what do I do next? And so here's my title of my sermon today is Pick, Fruit, and Go. Pick, Fruit, and Go. Pick, Fruit, and Go. Ephesians chapter 1, uh, really you see... Everything about choose. I, I chose you. I choose us. I pick you. Uh, uh, I picked, I set you apart all throughout the Bible. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. All right, you are blessed in this house with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him. And I want you to see this before the foundation of the world. Jesus chose you before you messed up. Jesus chose you before you even arrived on the scene, before you had parents that were good or not good, before you had a heritage, a lineage, whatever it is, he chose you. I choose you. I pick you. I choose you before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Now, this is in Ephesians, and, and this is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. But if we rewind all the way back in the days of, of Christ, when Jesus, uh, you know, whatever, several years earlier, what's interesting is anytime they talked about chosen, when Jesus went up to the disciples and he said, hey, come follow me. That was, that was literally Jesus saying, I choose you. And it was a big deal to them back then, unlike to us today. And for, for them back then, it was, it, was, it was found in Deuteronomy because this was their Bible in Deuteronomy chapter 7. 
And in their Bible that they had, remember, they didn't have the New Testament. They're living the New Testament out just like we're living the book of Acts out here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And so in Deuteronomy, they studied this. Every child would, would know this scripture. And this is what they study. For you are people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord has chosen you to be a people of his treasured possessions. You know how we grew up praying, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray my soul to take. You know, like, like that messed up prayer, if I die before I wake. <laughs> well, this is what they prayed, that God has chosen you to be a people of his treasured possession. Before you go to bed tonight, you are a treasured possession out of all people who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on, that he chose you for you the fewest of all people. But it is because the Lord loves you. It is because the Lord loves you. It is because the Lord loves you. We're on a budget here, okay? And it is keeping the oath, and I want you to see this, it's keeping the promise. God promises that you're chosen. He promises that he's picked you for something greater. And it says this, uh, uh, an oath he swore to the fathers, that to your father, that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand. He's redeemed you from the house of slavery, from, uh, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. I'm telling you, if, you're, if, you're having, if you feel like you're going back to, to bad boundaries, and you feel like you're going back to Egypt, you need to read Deuteronomy chapter 7 and say, God, you promised. You swore an oath that I don't have to go back there anymore. Not my addictions, my habits, I don't have to go back. But every... Uh, I mean, even every uh, Jewish boy, every Israelite, all that, they would read the scripture over and over and over again, say, God chose us, God picked us, God chose us, God picked us, God chose us, God picked us, God chose us, God picked us. But then there was over 400 years of just silence. Nothing. No prophet, no scriptures, no Torah, no, nothing for over 400 years. And so they're just waiting for Messiah to come. They're waiting for someone to show up. They're waiting for that political leader to come and ruffle feathers. They're waiting for some powerful warrior to arrive on the scene, and instead they got a carpenter. Man, a little boy born of a virgin. But here's what I want you to know. God picked them. God picked them. In Deuteronomy, God picked them. Picked them out of Egypt. Man, in, in the Gospels, God picked them. I want you to know this is significant because God picked them, that which means God picked you. He picked you. He picked you. Even so, Peter writes in 1 Peter. Remember Peter, the one who chops the guy's ear off, the one who walked out water, then sunk, the one who denied Christ three times. He says, but you are a chosen race. The one who felt like he was an outcast, and finally Jesus showed up on the scene and said, cast your nets on the other side. He said, you don't know fish, you don't know my job, you don't know what to do. And he decided to trust a man he didn't know and put the nets on the other side of the boat. It overflowed, and Jesus said, leave all of this. I give you the most successful day in your business, but I want you to leave it all. Come follow me. I choose you. And so here's Peter after making mistakes. He said, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called, of him who picked you out of darkness, of him who picked you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I want you to see this. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Something that happens in our life when we realize God picked us. 
God picked you before he placed you on this planet, but there's something that connects our faith when we realize God really did pick me. Out of all these people in this room, God picked me. God picked me. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Can I just let you know the desire to be picked was put inside of us. The desire to be picked was put inside of us. But here's what I want you to know. There's a danger. That danger, because there's nothing in this world that can fill us or fulfill us like Jesus Christ. Nothing. There's things that we try. If I get a better job, if I make more money, if I find this perfect spouse, if I get rid of this one and get another one, you know, like there's nothing in this world that can fulfill you like Jesus can, like the Holy Spirit can. But I want you to know there's a danger We'll run to anything that will pick us. And there's lots of things that are competing for your identity. They're competing for your life. But there's a danger of that. Romans chapter 1, verse 24 through 25. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And we have got to be so careful because now more than any generation I've ever seen or studied is that there are so many things out there that have access to us. I pick you on social media. I pick you on email. I pick you. But for so many of us, we're exchanging the truth about God for a lie. I love TikTok, but do not get your theology from TikTokers. I love Instagram, but do not get your theology from Instagrammers. I love whatever it is, Facebook, all that, your neighbor, your buddy. We get our theology through the Bible, through commentators, through theologians, through, I'm telling you, God's word does not change. But the problem is it feels like God's word is changing because we're exchanging God's truth for a lie. Man, anything you deconstruct, you're distorting. And so we have to say, what is God's truth? Man, what is God's truth? truth is he picked me. Now, can I tell you, there's so many, I mean, it could be, if I, if I was like, like, pick God's truth, pick God, <laughs> and be like, amen, you walk out of here going, oh my gosh, what's, what's true? What's, what's not true? I mean, what's, and here's the next one is, point number one is pick, Well, point number two is fruit. It's so interesting, all throughout God's word, we can, in the New Testament, we see fruit. God talks about fruit. John 15, it says, you've not chosen me, I've chosen you. I've appointed you and placed you purposely and purposely planted you so that you would go and you would bear fruit and keep on bearing so that your fruit will remain and be lasting. I, feel, I just feel like God wants me to say, those of you that are frustrated and you feel like you're not producing fruit, you're probably planting the wrong fruit, probably doing the wrong thing. And what's interesting is, I love how Jesus talks about fruit in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus, this is Jesus. Jesus says, beware of false prophets. Beware of those that are taking God's truth and replacing it with a lie. And he said, who come to you in sheep's clothing. And it, it was, what's interesting is who come to you. They, they try to come to you, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. And here's what I want you to see. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? What does that mean, right? It is that, does this fruit grow from a different source? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, 
but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. So fruit, pick fruit. Pick fruit. With fruit, we can see good fruit, and we can see bad fruit. You know, I went to the uh, grocery store the other, the other night. I was like, babe, I'll cook dinner. And anytime I cook dinner, I have to buy everything. Like, I don't even check if we have, do we have spices? I'm going to buy it. It's horrible. That's why she hates it when I cook. Okay? I'm like, I get everything. Like, I go to Pinterest or Pinterest or whatever that thing is, and I get an online recipe, and I buy everything on that thing. It's just, sorry, Joe. I mean, I try. But I need some avocados. And so I go to the store, and avocados, it's like a nightmare for me. It's like they're all hard and all green, and, and they're just not perfect. And you got to get an avocado in like, the, in like in two hours. And it goes bad, right? It's like, it's, like, it's like not ripe, and then it's good for two hours, and then it's, it's disgusting. And so I go to the store, and I'm literally like, oh, no, I can't buy an avocado now and cook it, you know what I mean, and use, you know, use it for dinner and like an hour later. I got to like, what, store it for a year? I don't know what it is. And at the store, there's literally another woman with the avocados, another lady. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> How do you pick a, a ripe avocado? None of these are ripe. And she goes, oh, yeah, they are. And she's literally like, this one's perfect. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she was like, see? And then she started training. I didn't tell you this. She was training me in the store. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Gather, everyone. This woman knows how to pick good fruit. And it was perfect, wasn't it? Can I just let you know? I'm having fun today, all right? Highly caffeinated. Okay? Yeah, you like that, huh? Yeah. Look at it. God sees us as chosen. And chosen people bear good fruit. God sees us as chosen. And chosen people bear good fruit. God is not reaching in and going, God's not reaching in and going, that's not good fruit. There's no bad fruit in the kingdom of heaven. All right? But here's what I'm going to ask you today. How do I decipher between the good and the bad? My next question is, is what fruit are you picking? What fruit are you picking? There's lots of things that are going to, to compete for your attention. Lots of things that are going to try to pick you. But remember, with boundaries, it doesn't matter about them. It matters what you pick. It matters what you put. In, it matters what you install. Not walls, but fences. But I want you to know, what fruit are you picking? We can decipher between good fruit and bad fruit. There's a lot of times I hear this phrase in church, like, don't judge me. I actually can. I could judge your fruit. I could judge if you're healthy or if you're not healthy. I could judge if this relationship I'm in is healthy or unhealthy. But oftentimes, let me give you a hint. Oftentimes, that, those that say, don't judge me, we got a fruit issue. We got a fruit issue. We got a fruit issue. The Bible says, judge not, at least you be judged. But I could judge you based upon your fruit. I always say, we don't judge those that are living in darkness. We love those that are living in darkness because we want to pull them into the light. And to Jesus Christ. But those that are in the light, I can judge you. Iron sharpens iron. But I got to be careful on what fruit I'm picking. 
But here's the problem. Some of you feel like you're that rejected avocado. Like, I didn't pick you because you weren't ready. I didn't pick you because you were, you were past your expiration date. But here's what's interesting. The opposite of chosen is rejected. And I want to tell you, there is no one in this room that God has rejected. There is no one in this room that God has rejected. Online audience, there is no one that's watching online today that God has rejected. Stephen, I know you're on. Anissa, I know you're on. I had a list over here earlier, but I was all over the place. I'm so glad you're watching today. But sometimes we feel rejected. Think about those in the times of when Jesus walked this earth. They felt rejected. Not because they were in sin. Not because they were just, I'm bad fruit, I'm doing. Because of the silence of the waiting season. And sometimes when we don't feel chosen, we feel rejected. There's someone in the Bible in John chapter 4 that was rejected. And in John chapter 4, Jesus was traveling with his disciples and he said, I need to go to a town called Samaria. In Samaria, they often would avoid Samaria, even though Samaria was the quickest route onto the journey. People would go out of their way of Samaria because of the differences that they had. Samaria believed that we worship on this mountain. God's people, the Jews, they believe we worship on this mountain. They had political divides. They also had interracial marriage. They had all these things that are just unclean and all these different ideas and things like that. But how many know Jesus, he goes to those that are rejected. He goes to those that are divided. Jesus will go to the highways and byways. And I love this. Jesus shows up and it says, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. So Jesus shows up at this well and he says, give me a drink. I love that. Give me, <laughs> give me a drink. He says, give me a drink for this disciple had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew and a man, right, a Jew and a man, asked for a drink for me, a woman of Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritan. And Jesus says this, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You know, this is another way that Jesus is picking someone. He's not picking on you, he's picking you. And he says, I was good, huh? That was very preachery. We could tweet that probably, right? Yeah, yeah. You guys are fun today. I like this. You know what's funny is Jesus was really saying, if you only knew who was choosing you. If you only knew who was choosing you. And this is powerful because in a, in a, in a culture, in a society, in this generation, when there's so many things that want to pick for our attention, pick for our focus, our identity, the moment we, we give in and we go, let's, let's give it a shot. I feel rejected. I feel lonely. I'm going to grab that. The only, I'm going I'm to grab that the first thing that notices me. Instead of deciphering good fruit and bad fruit, is this Jesus? Is this not Jesus? And when we give in to that, it's only going to absorb us. It's going to eat us up. And it's going to spit us out. Because it can never fulfill what Jesus can fulfill. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty. You know, he didn't even preach to her. He just said, man, if you knew who it was, I'll give you living water. She'd even be like, <laughs> are you smoking crack? Like, what's this? Like, this doesn't make any sense. 
But she says this, sir, if you can give me relief. Matt, sir, I don't want to be thirsty. I don't have to come here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, go. Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. So he's reading her mail, right? This is like totally the Messiah. And this is her response. She said, sir, I love this. Sir, this is the culture we're in today. Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for your life. He picked you. And we go, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. You know what she's saying? Back up. She's saying, I don't know if you're good fruit. I don't know if you're bad fruit. For our fathers worship on this mountain, but you say in Jerusalem is the place where, where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You know what Jesus is saying? There is a time coming where you don't need to pick a side to belong. Jesus is saying, you can pick me so you can worship the Father. You will worship what you do not know. But you worship what you do not know, and we worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now here when true worshipers, every single person will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people. He is choosing such people. He is picking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Yeah, we obtained some special permissions from Angel Studios, Angel Productions, to show a clip on live stream. Normally we do at the movies or clip. We have to, you know, rebroadcast something totally different, something new. Um, and we have a private screening, but because of our friends at Angel Studios, we're able to show just a quick clip. And so I want you to watch Jesus choosing a woman, a Samaritan, a Samaritan woman at a well, real quick. Would you give me a drink? Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon. In the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I'd, I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him 
will never be thirsty again. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. He hurt you. And it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ. <laughs> hey, wait! Your water! You forgot your, um... Papsi, your man, you told me everything I ever did! Come on, church, give it up. Wow. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I've seen... We're going to be doing this for the next three weeks. But I love how she runs into the city, into the town. And this chosen TV series has really brought the Bible to life. And she runs into the town and she's like, oh, man, come here about, come see about someone who said every, who's known everything about me. And notice I, he did it with such love, with such grace, because he picked her. Someone who was rejected by culture, society, made mistakes. Jesus said, I choose you. 
And there's a picture, if we continue watching on, we have time limits with our TV clips. The entire town then comes out to Jesus. That woman who had five husbands and was with the sixth guy and finally met the seventh man, and that's Jesus. She became what theologians believe the earliest, one of the first or earliest evangelists in that region. A woman from Samaria. So she runs to the town, and all of a sudden the town's coming out. And Jesus is going, and they're like, this is it. We're public. We're going public. We're doing this. You know what they're really saying? Like, we're no longer closet Christians. We can, we can, we can, we can let people know about the Messiah. But then Jesus, the entire town of Samaria is coming out to Jacob's well. And this is what Jesus said. Meanwhile, the disciples, they shut back up. They said, Rabbi, eat. We brought food. And Jesus said, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? I love it. Sometimes church people, we get a little distracted, don't we? Like, do someone give him food? I'm hungry. And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And then Jesus said, do you not yet say there's four months, four months, then comes the harvest? He goes, I tell you, lift up your eyes. See, the entire city is coming out to meet me. And I love this. The fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit. Gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. This sounds a little bit like armloads of blessings. Psalms 126. This sounds a little bit like we got some work to do. I want us, I want us to pick fruit and I want us to go. I want us to pick fruit and I want us to go. Jesus said this in John 15, Amplified Version, right? You've not chosen me. I've chosen you. You would go and bear fruit. I picked you so you can bear fruit. I picked you so you can bear fruit. Whatever you ask in my name, I will give to you. This is why I command you that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. What does pick fruit and go mean? This is what it means. Number one, pick. Jesus chose you to make an impact in this planet. Jesus said, I'm only going to be here for, for, you know, for 33 years. But for three years, he decided to ascend into heaven, give us the Holy Spirit, and said, y'all go. I choose you and I pick you to leave an impact in this world. Jesus, if he want, he could come back at any time. But he decided to pick us. He's picked us. Because look, if I could open all these windows up, and we can look at the city of Las Vegas and say, look, look. So pick means Jesus chose you. But fruit means we got to make a difference today. 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 Moses died and Joshua was mourning, but he was still leading. We can mourn and we can still lead. But I'm telling you, we got to make a difference today. Pick fruit, but then we got to go because we are the church. We are the church. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We're going to build the church. We're going to build the church. Here's Luke chapter 22, 23. I love this because here's Jesus. And he said, one of the criminals who were hanged rallied at him, railed at him and said, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him saying, do you not fear God? So since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly for we are receiving due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And this is what Jesus said. Remember me. When you, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And Jesus said to him, dying on a cross, with two thieves on his side. Anytime you see a picture of the crucifixion, there's a big cross, two, two little crosses, right? But really, it's just three individuals. And Jesus said, truly, I say to you, I pick you. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Church, can we stand with me for a minute? And here's what I want us to do. I want you to close your eyes. I really want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, today, online audience, please, wherever you're at, close your eyes. And I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for picking me. Jesus, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for picking me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing me. I want to allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to you just for a second. Thank you for choosing me. We're about to go into a song. The Holy Spirit, thank you for picking me. Thank you that I'm not rejected. Thank you that I'm not kicked to the curb. Holy Spirit, thank you that I'm not retired. Holy Spirit, thank you that I'm not out of commission. Holy Spirit, thank you that you picked me for such a time as this. Holy Spirit, thank you. You may look up and go, man, I'm surrounded by bad fruit. Well, perhaps, just perhaps, God wants to get you healthy, but God's going to help you impact those bad fruit. Maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit has picked you to bear good fruit, to make an impact in this world today. Worship team, lead us into a song. But I want to allow the Holy Spirit to heal your heart, to change your mind. But then I want us to fix our eyes onto the harvest. It's plentiful. It's two million people out there. It's all across the world. It's the United States of America. It's in Ukraine. It's in Europe. It's all over. Australia. The harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. We're the laborers. We're the ones that have already been chosen beforehand. We're the ones that say, I'll pick me, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 6 said, woe is you, woe is you. But he says, here am I. Send me. Use me. Come on, worship team. In Jesus' name, I want you to raise your hands and say, God, pick me. Jesus, pick me today. Pick fruit. And we're going to go. May Jesus speak to you, guide you, and lead you. Give you business plans. Give you systems. Give you structure. Entrepreneurial ideas. Outreach ideas. People in your mind. Faces, colleagues, friends, and family.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, today we pick fruit and we go. Thank you that you picked us, you choose us, that we're chosen. My goodness, we were chosen to live in a global pandemic. We were chosen to live in 2022. We were chosen for such a time as this to bear fruit, to bear fruit. My goodness. Next week, church, we're going to have a stack of cards. We're going to be inviting people. We're going to go canvassing. We're inviting people. This is not a ploy to say, yeah, let's have a, let's, let's have me, let's have me, uh, butts and seats can we get? This is not, there's a harvest. There's a harvest. There are people that need hope. We really prayed about it. It said Easter could just be called hope. Because man, our city needs hope again. We need life again. We need living water again. In Romans chapter 5, it says this, that for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, he died for us. While we are still sinners, he picked you. He's not picking on you. He's picking you. So with every eye open and every head up, I'm ready to believe that those that raised their hand and say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to, Jesus, Jesus picked me out of darkness and brought me into the light. That you know what? I may be like that woman from Samaria. I'm jacked up, messed up. But guess what? I'm going to make the biggest impact for the kingdom of heaven from here on out. I'm going to repent of my sins, but man, I'm going to be a heavy hitter. I'm going to be a heavy hitter. So if that's you today and you say, Pastor, will you lead me in a prayer today? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. But just put a hand up. Put it right back down if that's you. Just put a hand up. Yes. Anyone else? Just up. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Up. Right back down. Yeah, I see you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I see you. I see you, my friend. Anyone else? Up. Right back down. And let's pray. Let's close this thing out. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. With every voice lifted high, we're going to pray a prayer together. And Jesus, I pray, seal the deal in our hearts. And man, may we leave an impact today. May we leave an impact this week in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that while we're still sinners, you died for us. So everybody lift your voice today and say, dear Jesus, say thank you for picking me. Say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for my sins. Say, today, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know who I am. I'm chosen. I'm picked. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.